0: there it is we are live welcome 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 everybody we have an awesome guest we are going to talk about sharing stories and potentially hopefully you will want to join a book club by the end of this because we're excited about it all right here we go let's jump in let's
1: have practicing polyamory real-life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory The mission of the practicing polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community enjoy the show
0: All right, all right, y'all know that that music gets me dancing. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this beautiful Tuesday. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome, and thanks for tuning in. And if you've been here for a while, you already know that we are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Three opportunities every week for you to ask questions. So, if you have any questions about your relationships, or if there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show, slide into my DMs, let me know, or leave a comment while we're recording live. Follow the show on all social media platforms at Practicing Poly a and let me know what it is that you want us to talk about. And as always, I want to remind you, if you are listening to this podcast, you are a welcome guest to be on this show. None of us are perfect, and we are here to share our imperfect stories, because the more stories we share, the more others will see us in themselves, and the more representation we have, the more we can strengthen our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com, sign up to share your imperfect story, too. All right, everybody, here we go. Introducing our guest. I have got to step my game up for this intro because today's guest isn't just a fellow writer. She is an exceptional storyteller who believes that polyamory is inextricable from her identity, and that has made her passionate about visibility and representation. Our guest has been published in a number of literary and commercial outlets on a wide range of topics, including polyamory, makes sense, and opening their marriage, queerness, ethnic identity, and dementia. I don't know if you all realize it, but getting published as a literary means our guest has done more research, learning, reading, and sharing of information along her journey than the average person. And she's probably forgotten more than I currently know. So (laughs) I'm excited to get to learn from her today. Although her breakout poly blog is currently on hold, our guest's mission hasn't missed a beat. She continues to contribute to the polyam community by being publicly out and unabashedly herself in the hopes that she can remove the stigma around our relationship styles and help other poly folks feel less alone. So join us today as we share our stories, struggles and victories, as we hope that you may find companionship and affirmation beyond physical spaces. Joining us today from poly in place and poly pages. Welcome to the show. Krista Varela Pulsell. Krista, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs>
0: Oh, good! I'm excited to have you and learn from you because holy crap, a literary—you—you've uh, read all these books. You've got your master's in creative writing. For I forgot to mention that. Um, and here you are—you're—you're you're starting. Let's let's just jump right into starting this book club. Tell me about this book club that uh, you're starting and kind of uh, the journey that got you to where you are, starting this book club.
1: Sure. So um, to talk about the book club. First, I have to give a little bit of background on um, my work with Claire, who runs the platform over at Poly Pages. So um, last year, I co-created with my polycule at the time a a community blog platform called poly in place that was kind of our our pandemic project um, and something that really helped uh, the eight of us at the time really get through the difficulties of of 2020 Um, and so At the end of last year, um, some of the relationships within that polycule transitioned as, as they do. And, um, I was trying to figure out what to do with poly in place next and, and was kind of in this place where, um, I wasn't sure where to go with it. And, and I had been following what Claire was doing over at poly pages, um, for a while. She was, she was kind of building her platform at Mm -hmm. the same time and, um, I I noticed she she was starting to do events. And so I had um, listened in, I think, for one of her first events on decoupling and polyamory um, and just really appreciated the way that she put a panel together and um, was asking really thoughtful and and interesting questions of of her panelists. And it really got me thinking uh, about um, the ways that, her interests and my interests align, and mm-hmm. and so I had reached out to her with an idea about uh, polyamory and literature, and doing an event all around polyamory and literature because it's it's. Such an underrepresented, you know, relationship style. Whenever you see non-monogamy in in books, it's usually in the form of cheating or or infidelity. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really interested in exploring that topic more widely. And and why aren't there more polyamorous characters in in literature? Why don't we see more memoirs um, by by polyamorous writers? Um, so so that was kind of my initial outreach to to Claire. And and at the beginning of the year, we started talking about this event, which we both got really excited about. And it was in the process of developing the idea for that event that we started talking about an actual book club. Um, we wanted to go further than just offering this, this one-off event. Um, you know, we really wanted to develop a partnership and, and work together on, on something that um, in her own research, you know, the community has been asking for. Um, and right. so so we we started to Develop this book club, um, which over the next year, we are going to read four four titles um, with the support of Thorntree Press. Um, so the first title that we have um, set to start in October is Polysecure by Jessica Fern. Um, and we'll be reading a few others um, that have been put out by Thorntree. And so once a quarter, um, we as a community are going to focus on on reading these titles um, that have sort of you know shaped the the poly community and culture and explore them further and and you know offer um, support to to folks who are really just looking to to get more engaged with the community and and learn more um, about polyamory.
0: There is going to be so much opportunity to learn with the two of you. Uh, I know that uh, polyamory in literature that is. Claire's uh, bag and and uh, obviously yours as well. Um, Let's dive into a little bit of that because I mean you have written so much of your own stuff uh, about polyamory about opening up relationship about queerness. What are some of the books that have inspired you and your writing.
1: Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I should have I, I should have been prepared for this one. Um, and it's hard because there are so many books that I'm I'm influenced by, and just as a writer, I'm always kind of looking at at everything to see what can I learn from this, even if it's. Something that has nothing to do with my own experience. I'm I'm always looking for, um, you know, craft elements. Um, like, oh, it's really interesting the way that this writer wrote this scene. Um, going back to to grad school, there was a book that I um, I read called The Boys of My Youth by Joanne Beard, and um, there there's an essay where she writes from the point of view of a coyote, and oh. so like just even even that kind of open my eyes to the different ways that that we can tell stories. Um and so, you know, some some of them have nothing to do with with polyamory, the books that have made mm-hmm. the biggest the biggest impact on me, but just books that have had really solid uh Storytelling. Um, I'm in in the middle of a book right now called "Blow Your House Down" by Gina Frangello, um, who is the nonfiction editor at the LA uh, Review of Books, um, and she is writing about um, infidelity within her own marriage and and um, the way in which it just it changed her entire life. It changed, um, you know, the trajectory of this decades long marriage that she she had been in and the ways in which she realized all of these different uh desires and and things within herself that that um she hadn't she hadn't been able to explore mm-hmm. and and so um you know i'm always looking for for ways that that people are um just open and vulnerable and and i think in in this book in particular you know it's 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 a difficult subject talking about infidelity, especially when, right. when you are the adulterer. Um, but she has done it in, in such a way that I'm just in awe at the way that that she has put herself out there and and really wow. laid herself bare for, for her readers. So so that's, that's one that um, I'm particularly taken with at the moment.
0: Gotta love that vulnerability. Uh, as you're talking, there's one author that I'm thinking of, um, Anais Nin. I think is her name of your you heard that one yeah you're you're obviously familiar there's definitely a lot of um multi partner relationships in her writings uh so so I've kind of enjoyed that one um when it comes to telling stories and these books that you've read that maybe they weren't necessarily polyamorous books but you you found a lot of of uh value in them uh I, I want to kind of go back to like who you were and and who you how you kind of came into polyamory you know when it comes to like the stuff that you've read did you ever find yourself when you were younger reading books like i'm just gonna throw this one out there twilight where you've got the the love triangle were you the type of person that was like oh she should just love them both or were were you like (laughs) programmed monogamy like the rest of us
1: yeah, it's for me. It was definitely more of the latter. Um, I came to polyamory very late in in my life, and and it wasn't something that you know, as as a a young person, I I never really thought, oh, there is something you know wrong about the way that we just default to, to monogamy. Mm-hmm. I I didn't grow up with polyamory even on my radar. Um, I, I I grew up in a somewhat conservative area. Like I grew up in Arizona and, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, now comparing that to where I live now, which is San Francisco and the Bay area, some, some place that has, you know, a lot of diversity, just not only in terms of, you know, non-monogamy, but just people in general, um, though, those sorts of things weren't, weren't available to me at growing up. Um, and so I actually, didn't consider myself to be polyamorous until about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I married my high school sweetheart. Uh, um, we got together when we were 16, 17 years old and had a mostly monogamous relationship throughout our late teens and early 20s. Um, you know, we had a couple of threesomes here and there. Um, we had issues with infidelity on and off throughout our relationship. I think because Neither of us had the language to be able to to communicate around desires, around wanting other people. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that's just something that um, that we didn't know how to do. And so we had always kind of been curious about an open relationship, but didn't really have the tools to be able to make it work. Um, and so once, once we both finished with school, we, we took some time to really think about what we wanted out of our relationship. And it was at this point that we started going to couples therapy together. Um, not because we were married by then we were, yeah, we were married already. Yeah. We'd been married for about two years, um, a little over two years by the time we decided to, to open up. Um, and so we went to couples therapy just as a sort of safety net a place to sort of work through a lot of the things that, that we were questioning, um, and wanted a space to be able to process all of the, the changes through, throughout our relationship that, that came along with, with opening up. Um, and so, you know, for i think for my husband it was a very easy transition for him to to say okay i'm i'm going from this married mostly monogamous relationship to now being poly whereas for me it took a, a lot longer to kind of feel comfortable inhabiting that identity um because i i'd never had any any other relationships right any other serious relationships and and so we sort of took Took our time. We we dipped our toes in. We we started more kind of as swingers at first, um, and quickly realized that we both wanted more emotional connections to the other people that we were seeing, um, and and so we we wound up in more of a, a polyamorous space, but. Um, you know it took it took a long time for me even after we had had decided that we were poly for me to feel comfortable saying i'm I'm Polly and and know, I, by,
0: by my math it's like ten years
1: yeah uh we were together by 12 years for 12 years at that point
0: okay okay so i I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the timeline right so uh by the time you started couples therapy you were uh two years married
1: mm-hmm. Two and- years married 12 years together so
0: um okay 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 i get it i i'm i'm following now all (laughs) right so two questions then for you first of all uh did you specifically go after and find a poly or non-monogamy uh affirming therapist
1: we did. Yeah, we we had a couple of things on our list that we were looking for in a therapist. We wanted to make sure that we found somebody who was um, knowledgeable and friendly towards, you know, alternative lifestyles. Um, and for us, that not only included non-monogamy, but somebody who was also um, knowledgeable in, in psychedelics. Because for us, mm-hmm. um, we had sort of gotten turned on to psychedelics at this time when we were sort of um, – questioning you know what we wanted our relationship to to look like and um, it, was, it was psychedelics that really helped us open our, our minds to the possibility that we can have a successful marriage and a successful relationship without sexual exclusivity. And so we wanted somebody who was familiar in that language and had those experiences to be able to um, talk with us about all of that. So we were very intentional about um, the therapist that, that we were looking for. Nice. Skills I have acquired over a very long career.
0: <laughs> they got to work for that one. They got to work for that. <laughs> I don't I, it's not a certification, but uh to be able to to help somebody in that situation because it's so easy, you know, the conversation I was having with the therapist yesterday, it's so easy for therapists to just pathologize and say, "Oh, well, yeah, that's obviously the issue. Is your non-monogamy? You got to be monogamous, but uh, I'm glad that you didn't have to suffer through that." Uh the other question that I had for you was what was the first book that you picked up to start learning and and to start learning more about non-monogamy polyamory all this stuff
1: um (laughs) well the first book that that we both picked up was actually esther perel's the state of affairs um which seems like kind of a a weird way to to get into that but um you know at the time my husband and i were working through some infidelity issues Mm -hmm. and um, it was her book. I, I know that she, you know, first came on the scene with mating in captivity, and that also has had a really, um, you know, uh, important place within, um, within the non-monogamous community, but it was actually the state of affairs that, um, really helped reframe, um, monogamy just completely and and what a a successful relationship can can look like and so it was that book that sort of helped us work through our our previous um issues with with infidelity and and really helped both of us kind of reframe what it was that that we wanted in in our relationship and that gave us kind of a, a jumping off point to be able to have conversations and then to to um look for these other texts i think the the one that we read after that was opening up um you know which provides a, a lot of different um provides a lot of different options it it kind of lays it lays everything out there for for people to to show that non-monogamy can exist in a variety of ways and it's all Mm -hmm. about finding the one that that works for you
0: definitely all kinds of different non-monogamy formats all kinds of different ways that people do polyamory even all kinds of different ways uh and opening up kind of gives a spectrum is that what you're saying that that there's it talks about a lot of different options as far Mm -hmm. as the format or, or style of relationship
1: Yeah, definitely. Nice.
0: So when it comes to reframing monogamy, the state of affairs, that was the thing that stood out to me is that you said that it helped you to reframe monogamy. What exactly does that mean? And how how did that book help you to do that?
1: I think before that point, I was sort of of this mindset that that like an affair was an I think Dan Savage calls it a relationship extinction level events. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I thought this is something that people, you just can't get, get past. Like if, if somebody's cheating on you, then like that just means you should break up. And, and so we were really at this point in, in our marriage where breaking up could have been on the table, right. but we had been together for so long and had really, we'd grown up together. We'd been through so much um, since we were teenagers that, um, you know, neither of us wanted to throw in the towel. And so it was that book that, that helped me see that, yeah, infidelity can, can be a relationship game changer, but it doesn't have to be something that, that ends relationships. And, Mm. and she writes about all the different couples that that she's worked with, and um, just kind of seeing all of the different stories of of the ways that um, people used a a traumatic relationship event like that to be able to um, to build something better from it was uh, really eye opening for me. There, I'm not going to get the line right, but but there's a line in the book. Um, where she's talking about how she frames this with the couples that she works with and and she she tells them something like your first marriage is over how do you want your second one to begin and and that was a really impactful line for both of us because it was like yeah we we are sort of leaving behind this, this idea of the relationship that we had. And, and, but now we have an opportunity to start over and build a better one and, and build a more intentional one. And, um, and that was really a pivotal moment for both of us.
0: I don't know if you have it pending, but here we go.
1: So you're telling me there's a chance.
0: That right there, that was what I was. There's a chance there's, there's hope for uh, people that have suffered, you know, uh, infidelity, like you're talking of infidelity, like you're talking Mm -hmm. about, um, and the state of affairs. Now I get it right. (laughs) Um, now I get it. The state of affairs, uh, that can definitely help somebody who's in that situation. Um, I forgot where I was gonna go with that, but that's okay. Um, okay, so so these are just some of the books that you've read, some of the books that you've gone th- that that you've gone through. Uh, we're gonna be looking at *Polysecure* for the book club that's coming up in October. Have you read that one already? I don't know, how many times have you read it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've started it. Um, yeah. So right now I'm working my way through it in anticipation of the book club that's that's starting up. Um, but I've had friends who've read it. Um, and I'm just really excited to, to dive deeper into it. Um, you know, it's it's one of those titles that has come up. It was published almost a year ago now, um, but I'm seeing it frequently. Um, mm-hmm. You know, referred to in different poly discussion groups and and just all over where people are asking. You know, what are some what are some resources? What's a book I can read that can really help me in my in my poly journey? And, and that one comes up um, quite often. So I'm excited to, to dive into that one first.
0: Nice, nice. And what about your um, your poly in place? Uh, some of the work that you've done there, I want to ask you, I know that, that you have the project on hold, uh, but I wanted to ask you a little bit about that work as well. Uh, one of the things that I saw was that you're creating a community where people can share stories, uh, which, I mean, that's, like I said, this is a big reason why I started this podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience with that project? Uh, some of the stories that you that you heard, some of the ways that you were able to to help people, some just kind of what are the, what you were doing in that project and how uh, you were building community there.
1: Sure. So. Um- Poly in Place, it, it, like I mentioned before, it, it was a pandemic project with mm-hmm. me and my, my polycule at the time. And so Poly in Place was sort of a play on the word shelter in place. Right. And so we we were meeting up weekly on Zoom and just kind of like talking about our experiences throughout the pandemic. We were all feeling sort of disoriented and lost. And especially as polyamorous people being removed from all of our different relationships was really difficult. And, and so we were talking about and wondering how are other poly people coping with this? Um, and so that was sort of the impetus for creating the blog. Um, and so for a good chunk of 2020, we started building this website. We were um, writing these, these blog posts that were essentially just writing stories about our experiences in quarantine and and how we were all coping with the pandemic and, and sort of the vision for it was to have multiple people contribute to it outside of our polycule.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so when we launched it, you know, we we had hoped that that people would be submitting their own stories. And and so once we we finally launched it, we um found that people were really resonating with the things that we were posting, um, and we were sharing that on social media, but we weren't quite getting, um, quite getting people anxious to submit. Um, you know, it's really hard to put yourself out there and, and especially, um, you know, to sit down and write an 800 word to a thousand word, um, story that's, that, that can be really daunting. And so, um, we kind of pivoted and, and said, well, how can we make this more accessible? How can we make people feel more comfortable about sharing, sharing their stories? So while the website exists and you can, you can look at it and, and read the, the blog posts that we put up, um, we sort of turned our focus to Instagram, which is where we were finding a lot of our followers and, and, and just posting, um, prompts like, um, you know, what is something that you miss right now, and mm-hmm. and just have people respond to it. Um, I and and then follow up with people via DM and and say, you know, can you elaborate on this a little bit more and and tell me more about about this. Um, some of those people did. They and you know, it's it's easier to to text than it is to like sit down right. at the computer and and type out a story. And it so depends
0: he, on who you are. I like to I like the, the computer personally, but anyway.
1: <laughs> I, I think, I think he's wonderful. i i'm totally with you there but i but i think for you know somebody who doesn't necessarily identify as a writer or or something like that just just texting somebody a a response to Mm -hmm. something was was kind of the the way into it and so we started getting um, responses from people that way and so um, I would take snippets of that and, and feature them on our on the instagram page so really if you go to to our instagram that is the bulk of where um you know the mm-hmm. community stories have come from so you can kind of scroll through the timeline and and look to see you know the, the different stories that people shared there um, but we did get a, a couple of um, of posts for for the blog as well
0: Nice. What was your biggest takeaway from from that project? Like, uh, is there a particular story maybe that really stands out? Somebody some, maybe something that you or somebody in your polycule shared uh, that like was really memorable or somebody in the community uh, or or maybe just like did what was the value that you got from it? Did you learn something from it uh, in going through the whole thing?
1: Yeah, so many things. Um, The thing that comes immediately to mind is just how far we were able to reach with this project in the short time Mm -hmm. that we were all working on it. Um, And so we got followers from all over the world. Um, One of the people who wrote a blog post for us lives in South Africa. And it was really quite touching to to email her back and forth as as she was working on this post and and I was sort of helping her craft it, but really the story was was already there. And just the way that she was talking about her loneliness and and being a, a poly person in South Africa where there's not a, a large community there. Um and and just realizing that there are folks all over the world that are uh, going through this and and um yeah, just it just really <laughs> it's something that makes the world feel both big and small at the same time. You know, when when you see the different people that you're reaching and and you're connecting with with people in different time zones and and things like that. Um, it's it's a very fulfilling kind of feeling to to be able to help people um, share and and feel less alone. And that's, and that's a lot of the responses that we were getting too. is people weren't necessarily sharing their stories, but they, they would DM us and say, you know, oh, you know, like this, this really resonates with my experience or like, I feel less alone because of this. So thank you for posting. And, and like that, that in and of itself was just such a huge reward.
0: I love that. That that's, I gotta agree that that's the best feeling when I have people reach out and say something, along those lines as well um Krista thank you again for spending time with us we're uh getting short on our time here so I want to give you an opportunity uh to again uh tell us about the uh book club that you've got going us going on tell us where we can find out more information about you about the book club uh and um yeah we'll go with that we'll go with that (laughs) go
1: ahead Sure. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm kind of all over the internet. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. You can find me there. Um, you can find me through Poly in Place. Um, but the the book club, and I also wanted to make sure to plug our our event, um, the thing that I mentioned before. Um, so the events polyamory and publishing. Um, we will be uh, facilitating that event on September 25th, um, and so you can find more information about that on the uh, Poly Pages website. As well, um, we're going to have a great panelist or a great panel um, with. Eve Rickert, who is the author, co-author of More Than Two and and the owner of of Thorn Tree Press, who um, is supporting us in in this book club project. Uh, And then we've also got M. Ellery, who wrote the amazing children's book, A Color Named Love, which I have right here. It's just so, it's so beautiful. I love it so much. And I'm really excited to talk with her, Um, as well as Rachel Krantz, who's an investigative journalist and the author of a forthcoming memoir um, called Open. And and so um, just really excited To to chat with all of them and and talk more about polyamory in in the industry, um, and yeah, you can also sign up for the book club. So um, book club members will get free access um, to to that panel on the twenty fifth. If you sign up ahead of time, um, there will be a recording of the event afterwards. Um, and then yeah, the book club it starts in October, so we'll be we'll be starting with Polysecure. Um, and we'll be reading that through the end of the year, book club members will get access to a members only, um, portion of our website where, um, there will be, um, prompts and, and, and things to think about to help guide your reading, um, as well as access to the, to the community. Awesome. Roads, where we're going, we don't need
0: roads. That's right, right, right. We're taking off on a journey of learning. And if you want to join the book club, go to polypages.org slash book club. Krista, again, I want to thank you so much for spending some time for uh, sharing some of your stories. Uh, We both agree that it's important for us to be on here sharing stories. So I appreciate uh, the fact that you are doing uh, what you've learned from some of those authors you've read, being vulnerable, sharing yours, and uh, living unabashedly yourself. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. It was great to be here.
0: And thank you, as always, to our live audience for tuning in. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions, but the same can't be said for those podcast downloads. So if you want to avoid the commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday, 2.30 Pacific time, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, or sign up for Patreon where you get access to our commercial-free RSS feeds. And support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever it is that you download your podcast if you haven't already, and please leave us a review. We'll really appreciate it. That's all we've got for you all today. Thank you one more time to you, Krista. Thank you, as always, for everybody tuning in, and until next time, till tomorrow. Have a nice
1: day!